Yeah. When I was okay, working here's, today, here's, I here's, got... here's a very short list I'm putting in the chat. Most of it's going to be bad, but... Uh... I think I know all the ones you're going to put up, put it up there. <coughs> I got a slight suspicion on some of them. Yeah. <coughs> some of them are pretty obvious. Yes. Most of them are French, right? <laughs> no, we're not going to touch Franime tonight. Oh, you, you can't skip that. Okay, but, fine. But I'll it's like sixty percent like of all the pseudo anime. That's totally spies. Hey, we're but, saving that for later. I know, but <laughs> totally. Ironically enough, totally spies is one of the shows that almost gets it right. Yeah, that's true. It, I mean, I'm I'm compartmentalizing animation style from writing here, so. Yeah, I I can totally follow that. Yeah. Well, there's also Italian anime. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Jungle Book. The what? Well, I'm trying to find... I think there were some co-productions. There was, like, a, mostly in the 80s. Uh, again, similar, like, the Thundercats model, you know, uh, American designs, and then, you know, shipping it overseas to get animated in Japan, and some interesting mixture coming out, out of that. Um, but there was, like... Uh, for instance, uh, I, I, I recall okay. the first uh, Musketeers show I ever saw. It was, uh, I think the, the name in, in English was something like Dog Tanyan and the Dog Keteers, maybe? And there's the list. Let's see. Let's see, was Batman the Animated Series really all that anime-inspired? Hey, Robin's Reckoning. Mm, right that's... kind of inspired, Neil. Mm. We have to bring in right kind of inspired with wrong kind of inspired. Uh, okay, I, I'm not sure I would agree with many of this list. Yeah. Especially Shaolin Showdown. Well, that that it's definitely inspired. It's not completely all the way, you know. That's the thing. That's the thing I'm trying to bring up is, you know, what's the different levels of inspired? Oh, you have you have barely animated on the list. Very good, Neil. Platformers well, barely I'm, animated. I'm count the frames with my frames with my eye. Well, you know what's weird? Uh, that Kappa Miki. You know, uh, I've been following the progress of that animation studio in particular, and it's, it's amazing. It's all flash. Uh, a Kappa Miki, yes, but uh, the they're the same guys that they went on and did one of the worst series. That come on, we gotta put this in. Oh. <laughs> oh, which is like the worst, but at least I could, an understandable, understandable uh, transition before getting to. Oh no! What is this? No! <laughs> but you can actually oh. see a progress there. Right. I mean, it's not like some of those animation series that keeps doing the same or getting worse every year. All I mean, right, well, let, let's let's get the episode start. Oh my God! Okay, let's get this episode that, that, started. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Oh 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 oh! <laughs> I got it on my mail, so, and I actually know the one of the animator directors of that. So. <laughs> okay, okay, let's get to this episode started because it sounds like we're trying to one up each other in the chat here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's action. It's drama. It's comedy. It's Desean, the superhero webcomic. Desean has superhero antics and sexy girls. 
Catch updates weekly at thecn.com and nosuperpants.com. Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. I'm your host, Ben, joined by my co-host, Davies Mr. Neal. 20XT6. And with us is animation animator extraordinaire, Pablo Prino. Oi! And tonight we are talking about animation inspired by, maybe a little too much in some cases, anime. Japanese animation. It's uh, This is a case of, you know, it's this is how I put it earlier today. Being inspired by anime just enough to get what the good lessons are in it and then follow those through to make something gorgeous and then being a total weeaboo. It's the difference between being a fan of something and being a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting proposal. Yes, and... Uh, Yes, we are going to hit some things that uh, everyone that's a listener already knows that we hate. And uh, that's only fair because this is a very specific topic show. Um, the one thing that, that let, let's get this started with, the one thing that drives me nuts is when someone does, this is what my limited understanding of anime is, and they show it, and it is either grossly outdated. It, it, it'd be like... Uh, It'd be like someone walking around saying "daddyo" kind of outdated, or or so stereotypical that it's not even true to what they're riffing. A good, good example of this is, and, and Neil's kind of okay with this. Th- there was a cutaway uh, manatee joke from Family Guy, where it shows Peter in an anime phase. That's one of the tamest ones, though. I know, I... but I don't understand what they're referencing. Uh. Uh, that's yeah, that's that's a tricky one because it it doesn't look like any particular anime I've ever seen. Maybe oh, the... I forgot oh. I forgot one on the list. Let's see what? Okay, what go ahead. That, what was that one that was on uh, Adult Swim a while back? Was it like? I also want to say it was. Ooh. <laughs> um. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about uh, that. You're, no, you're I can't saying. think of it. There, there was an Adult Swim anime that was on a long time ago that was like really really strange and i'm gonna save you listeners the trouble of uh having to listen to me fumble this uh it was shin chan i was i was thinking of but my point remains is it's sort of like there was an episode of the simpsons where uh where uh mr simpsons... Spocko. well no where the simpsons well actually that uh, that actually understood more japanese culture than the example i'm about to bring up mm-hmm. uh there was an episode where they the simpsons go to japan and they, you know, write for anime jokes, but what they did was they, they made, made a joke about Japanese giant robot shows and the Pokemon seizure uh, thingy that happened that year all in one joke, like super seizure robots something or other. Mm-hmm. And basically this... Okay. Uh, and basically, if they just pass by the television showing this, they, they instantly get uh, seizures. And... Uh, that was the joke, and it was it was it fell flat because you know it it tried to be topical, but it didn't really work. You know what I mean, Neil? Yeah. Okay, you're still there. Okay, good. But yeah, the super seizure robots joke from The Simpsons. I think that's another one that kind of falls flat because it tried to be topical, and with the lag time that Simpsons had with the animation back then, it really wasn't. Well, I, I got so led into the conversation again after my internet fell down, so. Uh... Simpsons? What? Sorry. <laughs> no, the Simpsons did an episode where the Simpsons went to Japan. Oh yeah, the whole seizures thing. The seizure robot thing. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a, it was a vague Pokemon reference. Well, actually, the Simpsons had a couple of other Pokemon references that were also 
Well, they were they were they were very vague, and they didn't really hit the uh, the essence of what what's so weird about Pokemon. You know, uh, they they had a way closer interpretation and out of more appreciation uh, in in Futurama. Uh, recently, when they did, you know, the different animation styles for different short films, and uh, one of them was uh, anime. Of course. Or, and that was, like, way better pulled off than, you know, just seizure robots. <laughs> because, you know, all of that. If we want to talk about Pokemon in uh, American shows, we we got to mention the South Park episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which in Pokemon one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> one of the best episodes ever in general. <laughs> that really was. It was an early season one, too. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> oh, I just love South Park. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, we, we it's like it's very clear that American animation knows Japanese animation exists. And it references it a lot in shows, but usually uh, just to point out and say, oh, Japanese stuff, that sucks. We do cartoons better. Well, another good good anime reference that South Park had was Fun Time with Weapons. Oh, that was excellent. And again, that was a, a, a honest homage and tribute, you know, from people that actually enjoy that sort of stuff. Yeah, and uh, well, the thing is, they took it real seriously. Is is I mean, Matt Matt Stone is actually married to a Japanese woman, and oh. and the the act the, that song "Let's Fighting Love" in the episode yeah. has real Japanese lyrics. Yeah, I know. I, I because I'm so, sort of a weebo when it comes to that, so I could recognize the words. <laughs> Yeah, so but, with, with 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 weird American, uh, you know, uh, you know, English showing up in the middle, just like protect my balls. Yes, let's fighting love. <laughs> <laughs> and it's whenever I see something like that, I get it that this is someone who actually has watched more than one anime mm-hmm. and isn't stereotyping as much as he's like riffing. Like one specific genre, or yeah, you know, what I mean? that's that's the thing that we get in most. Uh, the, we, when it comes to straight-on Western animation, that's not using you know like an anime style, and they mention anime. There there are like two two ways to go for them. There's the riff on it on a very specific thing that they sort of saw over their shoulders one time when I don't know their kids were watching Pokemon or something and they didn't understand it at all. They didn't even bother to, you know, stay tuned like five minutes to try like, to like like a like a certain like a certain uh, pastor in the in in the in southern in the southern US that uh, started a Pokemon burning. I I guess so. And oh, okay there's also the and the other ways, you know, done by people that actually watch the shows and have a, an understanding of them and usually give a honest tribute like th- there was even a, a Billy and Mandy Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy episode where they just included everything they loved about Japanese uh, pop culture actually yeah another Billy and Mandy reference that I loved was uh, and this is why I like Billy and Mandy is is because uh, because Max Adams is is like a fanboy, and uh, there was an episode where Billy and where, where Billy's eyes are messed up, and, and and Grim is giving him like supernatural eye surgery with his scythe, and there there's a funny scene where where Billy's seeing everything anime style for a brief second, 
And <laughs> what I love is it's not just an anime style. It, it's it's a very retro anime style. <laughs> very it, it's it's like it's like one from uh, from like Go Nagai. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just with my pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because because that, that's the thing. Because this was like in in the early aughts. They could have definitely went with a with a more angular anime style that other kids who watch Cartoon Network would know, but mm-hmm. they went with a very soft, smooth style with the, with very retro lines for just a just for, for a two second cutaway gag. It's like that. That's when you know you have someone who like appreciates anime doing an anime joke. Right. Well, uh, we have even references for anime. In animes themselves, and one of my favorites is in, uh, you know, uh, Nadesco, or Nadesco? I, I don't know how to pronounce it in English. Um, uh, it's uh, called Nadesco. Nadesco. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's the Gekigiger 3. Uh, Gekigiger 3? Gekigangar 3. Gekigangar 3. Which was also a which was also an OVA they made after Gekigangar 3 became so popular. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I include a link to that uh, Billy and Mandy anime moment. For some reason, it's dubbed in in, in uh, Spanish, so I don't understand what they're saying. Oh, you too. Uh, I can you know, provide if, translation. Ah! You know, if we're going to go down this route... No, 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 should, no, no, no. We should, uh, we should bring up Excel Saga, which uh, had an anime trope in like virtually every, every, single, every single episode. Yes. And they even did an episode about American cartoons. And yes. Episode... Well, there's also if we're talking oh. about cross pollinization, there's also uh, uh, there was also uh, you know furry curry, which had the South the Park, South Park. <laughs> which which I love because no one in Japan got it because South Park is not big in Japan. It Basically, wasn't, the animators there yet. The, the animators made a joke that no one there got. It was a one percenter joke. Wow, uh, and that. Uh... Well, uh, when if we go with cross pollinization again, um, there's a thing that well, uh, Panty and Stocking with Gar- with Garter Belt. Uh, not only it's sort of like uh, uh, I, <laughs> the first time I, I saw Panty and Stocking, I thought this is hi hi Puffy Emmy Yumi done right. You know, because it's the... Well, well, well now we're talking it's, it's, about it. It's sort of like that uh, animation style, only done by Japanese people, uh, you know, pushing the limits on that one and being very expressive. And then they did an episode that was uh, all about uh, Transformers, you know, and they and they went through the latest movies, the original uh, TV show... The Japanese spin-off and eventually the even Transformers barely animated got a, a some some sort of homage in there. Uh, I, I gotta find you a video that they did. Okay, that's but uh, yeah, let's, pretty amazing. But we're talking about just bare references. We should really mm-hmm. start uh, talk attacking. I mean, talk about the uh, the, the the actual weeaboo shit. I, I mean, I mean where the inspiration goes too far. And uh, let's start with uh, let's start with the obvious target, one of our favorite targets here. Neil, Are we we're going after uh, uh, Teen Titans. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I wanted to bring up is that whenever I see American animation try to emulate anime, the one thing they always always get wrong 
is the mouth flaps because they they always try. I don't know why they do this because it would actually be easier to just do the mouth flaps and do the do the voices and posts, but they always do they always do a sync anyway. And I'm like, but if you if you're doing anime, that's kind of like the that's kind of like the distinguishing feature of anime is that the lips don't don't sync up with the audio. That's true, but yeah. the, but one thing on your list actually does have horrible lip sync, and and that's the Boondocks. Yeah, we'll get to that. Well, I we we haven't even talked about Teen Titans yet. Teen Titans is it's it's Stress just eye. bad. <laughs> it's, I, I'm so going to be playing Davis Advocate again here, but uh, go ahead first. <laughs> Teen Titans. What what haven't we said about it? It's uh, it's. <laughs> I'm just exasperated with this show. It's <laughs> it's like everything that I don't like about anime. I'll start with that. It's taking all the little things that anime does and presenting it out of context. And it doesn't really work with the animation style that they're using because it is kind of like a derivative of Bruce Tim. It's kind of this weird... Well, that's like, because it's Glenn It's kind of like the Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox version of Bruce Tim. Plus, you know, anime by people who don't watch anime. It's like somebody who watched, uh, I don't know, someone who watched Lucky Star said, you know, let's do this. And at that, they Ouch. only watched one episode. Ouch. <laughs> and, of course, we're talking about uh, Glenn Murakami, who uh, I might have to add that Bruce Tim has stated you're going to say it again publicly that his portfolio in every, his portfolio in every podcast that his name shows up you're going to mention that it's in public record i just find it hilarious i was just watching almost got him there's a i saw there's a commentary track and i hear bruce tim like and the guy's in the room and he's like talking trash talking about how much his art style sucks except oh he can draw really interesting weird alien creatures and that's why i hired him uh, well, there's plenty of that to go. Well, uh, <laughs> let, let me let me say the go go here. Come here in defense of Teen Titans in that th regard. I think the biggest problem that Teen Titans has is that, like Neil said, uh, it's like suddenly random anime stuff happens out of context, uh, and it just doesn't work. And because it's like, what's going on here? It's Teen Titans. It, as much as I do like it, uh, there's it's like all over the place. It uh, it's like they didn't have like this solid idea of the tone they were going for. You know, like when it starts, if we're going to do like a serious anime version or or a crazy Japanese anything goes version, but the thing is that not everyone who was working on it, and it was plenty of people, knew exactly what they were aiming at. So. Uh, for instance, uh, you'd get episodes where it's written like uh, just like a straight episode. It could be, you know, played by random routine characters, but sort of random anime stuff happens visually because it's like someone, oh, no, no, this story isn't anime enough. We have to make up for it somehow. Like, for instance, the, the Mark Wolfman written episode, uh, you know, the one with Aqualad. Uh, it's like nothing in the episode itself is very like uh, anime-like or something you'd find in an anime. Uh, but it's like the director said, no, we got to make something visual and anime here. And so it's like, oh, I know the girls love Aqualad because he's so bishy. So they get 
cards for ice every time and and they go into like chibi mode and and it's like what no no stop it you're trying too hard because that sort of fit it's like some writers knew what they were aiming at and they did know you know it's not like no one ever saw anime there there are some people in that show that clearly saw anime and did enjoy anime and and did try to homage that however probably most of the people they were working with when they were doing that specific episodes didn't so it's uh, like, i think a part of it is it, i think they it's, might it's actually it's a it's a it's an intentional homage with a subpar execution that's the thing i think part of it is they might have had an anime uh, like uh, an anime trope uh, you know quota per episode each episode has to have us doing this 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 and this yeah, sort of like that, because that that's the thing. The most decent uh, Teen Titans episodes are either on one side of the spectrum or on the other. You know, it's like absolutely crazy, stupid, uh, or dead serious. But you never find like a, a, a middle ground. The middle ground episodes suck ass, because that's when everything appears out of context. Like, for instance, uh, there was this episode uh, with uh, Thunder and Lightning, and the episode was... Was it very, very frightening? <laughs> and the episode was going, like, uh, very, you know, normally. But then suddenly, you know, Beast Boy and one of them, like, sort of clash in a fight scene. And suddenly they're rendered, you know, drawn entirely different, like, super serious. And they're, like, just floating and looking at each other. And you, you hear them, like, in a voiceover saying, why are we fighting? Uh, Why like, must they fight? We are not enemies. Oh, yeah, geez. sort of like that. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Am I supposed to laugh at this? Do I have to take this seriously? Because I'm not getting it exactly. But because of that, because it's a middle ground. It's not like a serious episode where they're just making like a cool anime fight or something. Or they're making like a stupid all-out well, gag well, that, that's, that's part of the thing is the fights aren't really cool anime fights here. The fights are very... The, the fights use, like, every trick that anime used to, like, save cells, but it uses all the tricks at once. Like, yeah, for like, instance... Uh, speed like, lines. Yeah, speed lines. And, oh, I, I, I really still, hate still the frames, and, and that, 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 that's, that, that's the thing. It uses speed lines and still frames... But the yeah. thing is to keep in mind is anime uses that very rarely. I mean, yeah, that's the even, stuff that even, anim, that's the stuff anime uses when they're being lazy. And and, <laughs> and, to, and to be fair, there are less still frames and speed lines in all of Dragon Ball Z than all of Teen Titans. I I really dislike the there there I said it. Everyone, <laughs> you know it's true. I said it. I said it out loud. Let me jump in here really quick because I I just thought of something else. It's like. One thing that anime has going for it is what I call minimalist expression, where uh, they're employing a lot of really clever expressionist ideas and, and putting them in, in the animation in such a way that uh, you may not even be aware of it the first time you see it. But it's it's very humanizing. It's a very humanizing characteristic to take expressions that aren't trying to go over the top. Um, anime, anime does go over the top a lot, but uh, most of the time it doesn't, and it can maintain a, a real sense of subtlety, whereas uh, Teen Titans has no sense of subtlety. Uh, everything they do is really overt. Uh, they they can't right. do subtle. 
they can't do a subtle anime joke in that show because it just doesn't exist in their world. Right. A good example of this is if you watch the original Dirty Pair, if you have ever seen with uh, Kay and Yuri, like Kay trying to pull Yuri up from somewhere, you might have a split second of of, of Kay doing like a really like exasperated face, yeah. but it's a split second thing. It's like your brain saw it and it was cute. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in Teen Titans, if they did a similar gag, they would have that face show up. And it would be frozen on that face for five seconds just to make sure you saw that face. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very clear example of it. Yeah. But there's also, for instance, uh, again, what I wanted to say at first is that I really, really hate their speed lines because they're they're like they're manga speed lines, badly colored. In an anime. Be, in an anime. And that's not how speed lines are done in anime. <laughs> it's like, and it only, you know, darkers more and that's the thing it's like teen titans uh, usually has like this very dark color scheme extremely dark that's that's the thing it's like the all they took from uh, bruce tim was his color scheme and then left (laughs) and then they added some weird some weird uh, purples and 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 greens to his color scheme and said here's a new color scheme yeah there's plenty of stuff like that but there's also like homages like for instance again uh when they do that terrible, terrible episode that that homages uh, Fully Curry, uh, it has none of that wonderful Gainix animation. That if you are to reference Fully exactly. Curry, exactly, you should Again, have the wonderful, it, 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 gorgeous animation. Yeah. We're Curry gonna before. reference something that's amazing by doing it half-assed. It's like yeah. ah. And here that, someone's gonna sort of... say, "Well, you you can't expect that from a syn- well, not really syndicated from a from a an episodic show on Cartoon Network." And, and my response to that would be, yeah, but then why are why are they doing the joke in the first place then? And, 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 and to keep in well, mind, hang on. But on the topic ahead. of color, you brought up green and purple. Yeah, those are the colors that people who don't know how to color use. <laughs> Bam. It honestly, and the thing is, uh, what's Beast Boy's uh, color scheme in that show? Purple and green. Yeah. Like everyone who doesn't know how to color, they love those two colors and they love to put them together. We get the whole of the Green Goblin. <laughs> I don't know why. The Joker. <laughs> well, the Joker. That's different. Yeah. It's a different shade of purple. It's a completely different shade of purple. <laughs> well, plus, Joke, you know, Joker was like, he, he did it first, so he's we can forgive it. But and, like, and number two, he's supposed, like, to look, he's supposed to look gaudy. Yeah, in the, the '80s was just like filled with cartoons that looked like this. It was it was okay, an but let's let's try not to keep beating on, on Teen Titans for all the night okay, because well, you know but we we all know there are worse offenders on, the, on our list here. Hi, hi, Puffy, I'm Yumi. Yeah. <sighs> Again, like I said, for me, it's uh, Pantheon's talking was hi, hi, Puffy, I'm Yumi, don't write because it's <laughs> like a U- UPS, uh, you know, '50s retro style cartoon doing anime faces. <laughs> Well, well, Neil put it best when, about Puffy Amiyumi. What was that? The whole <laughs> you says it's like some idiot in Cartoon Network decided let's grab these two characters from Teen Titans and make make their own Flash animation. Oh yes, yeah, because they were pretty much uh, Raven and Starfire, except oddly enough, not the same actors. And based <laughs> off of and based off of two uh, J-pop singers who, might I well, add, are not that good. 
They uh, were but a I, I gotta say, pan. it's that they're not as stereotypical, like, they're not even half as stereotypical as they're trying to make them on this cartoon. And, uh, uh, and Because, just... you know, they it's like, every time, you know, they, they even spliced in, like, live-action footage of the Japanese Kai Hypofi and Yumi show. And when they do, you're not sure which is which. And I'm not saying this in a in a weird uh, racial slur way. Uh, what I'm saying is, in the show you have like the pink-haired girl and a blue-haired girl, and one that's like a goth, and the others like all bunnies and stuff and unicorns. And then the the actual people they're trying to uh, you know portray show up, and they're like dressed like normal people. You, you, oh, you I know, know what you're saying. Color. Yeah, <laughs> and and I like. Okay, which, which is supposed to be which? And they don't even act, you know, that way. So it's like, oh, weird. Yeah, a good uh, example of this. A good example of this is in the '90s and before the '90s. Actually, it seems like every time the the thing that people have to remember is every time a studio tries to make a show based off of a musical group or a band, it's going to be a bad show. <laughs> it's going to be a bad show. This is a fact of life. I mean, you there, there was, the yes, I was going right there. <laughs> Hammer, MC Hammer had his own cartoon as well. Kid, oh, that kid was so play. cheap. The MC Hammerman was the cheapest animation kid, I ever I was, what, I can't recall what, how, I can't recall how old I was, but I was like 10 years old or something. And I recall seeing that and saying, wow, this is cheap. And uh, it's, it's just, uh, so so the thing is, it's like, okay, hi, hi, Puffy, Abby, Abby. They're not even a good J-pop band. I mean, I mean, it's like, you know, whenever some other musical, I mean, what's what's this? A Justin Timberlake cartoon? Oh, I know, a Justin Bieber cartoon. Oh, wait, 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 I got it, I got it. Let's give Psy his own animated series. You know what? The where, he's, band... where he's where he's going to talk? Where he's going to he's going to trash talk the U.S. military? And... <laughs> the, the band from Macross Seven is better than Hi Hi Puffy Yami Yumi. <laughs> Firebomb. Rachel there. Lee yes. is better than High High Puffy Amiyumi. Oh my God, I don't know about that. <laughs> Ranka Ranka Lee is closer in interpretation to High High Puffy Amiyumi <laughs> than the High High Puffy Amiyumi show. <laughs> it's 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 it, it, the problem I have with this is it like literally came out like half a season after Teen Titans debuted. It was basically, hey kids, you know the. You know those two Japanese girls that sing broken English for the theme song to this Weeaboo cartoon? They're getting their own Weeaboo cartoon! Uh, Only worse animated. We don't know how we did it, but we made it worse animated. Let's do it in Flash. <laughs> Macromedia Flash. This was before Adobe bought Macromedia no less. I am the Roddy Skull. <laughs> Okay. It's like they gotta make a crossover. Hi, hi, Buffy, Amy, Yumi, and the Radiscal. Okay. This was just this was just a bad idea, but they did it anyways. And and part of it was because part of it was because of Sam Register pretty much doing whatever he wanted to for like two years at Cartoon Network. Oh, and, uh, okay, let's let's hit the uh, Kappa Mikey. Wow, Kappa Let's Mikey. hit it hard. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, uh, this is like one of those uh, where it comes to, uh, oh, I want to homage this, and then the execution, you know, entirely fails in it's every like aspect. Exec- it's like it's, it's like the executioner had his 
shoelaces tied together, and that's why the execution fell flat. And he fell flat on a pie on the floor or something. <laughs> and Nickelodeon saw that and said, oh, that's funny. We'll wear it. Cap'n Mikey is, uh, was marketed. It was actually marketed as this by, by MTV as the first animated to be produced entirely in the United States. It was marketed as this. It's such a lie. Uh, and I heard the same thing about Megasexolar, <laughs> oddly enough. No, no, no. The creators of Megasexolar never called it an anime. No, no, Good but however, the uh, we I did get the like a small press release over here when uh, in, on a newspaper when someone said, "Oh yeah, well, the first anime done in America, Mega Sex Alarm." Like what? And yeah, stuff. Uh, but again, let's focus on the poor, poor, horrid, horrid. The, the, the sad thing is, this actually this actually shares a connection with Bleach. Because the opening theme, Hey, Hey, Look, Look, is was done by the Beat Crusaders, who also did the, the, the fourth Bleach opening, Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Wow. What do you know? <laughs> I was not aware of that at all. But uh, again, uh, as, an, as a, both an animator and an anime fan, I tried to watch the, the show, and the animation just hurt me in many levels. The, the, uh, what, what, well, the problem with the animation is this. It's the animation. It, the thing is, they the thing is, they probably got an artist to in vector in 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 Flash, no less, draw like still frames, copying an anime style, and it's not perfect, but it's a reasonable facsimile, facsimile that mm. with some with some tweaking and some study could actually kind of pass. But the no, problem is, the, but well, uh, hold on, hold on, keep going, keep going. But the problem is, all it is are those still frames, and it's not really animated like an anime is animated. And part of anime's experience isn't the still frames. It's the process of the still frames being put together. There. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I said what I wanted to say. It's uh, Pablo. It's... No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just... No. Like, uh... Perhaps I I gotta go back and rewatch it, you know. Like, what, what, how how long has it been since Kappa Mikey aired? Um, two thousand eight. Hmm. That sure. Well, I thought it's been more years, but yeah, I do have to check it out again to in order to you know maybe re- recall how why I was so pissed at it. It it, but, it also it also does the whole. Uh... The, it also does the whole uh, the whole super deformed thing because that's what they understand. You know, it it, it doesn't really get anime. It it like pretends to understand anime. Mm. Yeah. The, the opening. Problem, the, the problem with the show is that the premise is that it's a it's an American cartoon character uh, relocated to Japan where he's acting with with Japanese characters. But you could totally tell that it's an American production. Yes. I mean, it's it's. You know, these don't even look like. To me, these don't even look like like uh, anime characters. They look like. Uh, it looks like what what that one weird guy in the corner of that high school that every high school in America had. Oh, I recall now part of why I I, I was sort of pissed at this. Uh, the show they're trying to you know say they're like uh, producing there where he starts co-starring and all that. They most of the time. Uh, 
when it comes to you know oh let's make a sup- uh, Japanese superheroes when they, they always think like Japanese superheroes they dress them like American superheroes that I think that was the, the first thing that bothered me they're not like a Sentai team yeah they're not like a Sentai team or anything it's always like Superman with anime eyes or stuff yeah, and I'm like it's just mm. the weirdest interpretation it's like it's like Nick Simmons traced anime and put it on TV. <laughs> oh my god we're not we're not holding anything back on this one Ouch. and again like you said the lips uh every time they, they do this weird the the, the lip syncing it's it's like we never do lip syncing this is this is way too animated the mouth's way too animated it's too animated how, how can the one thing where you can actually save money you're actually putting effort into and it's not just uh, the lip sync it's like the expressions these are not expressions that anime characters make yeah like, n- not to mention the the whole uh one thing that anime never does or at least i don't recall at all please do uh fans link me immediately into it uh, you know, like uh, in an immediate turn without in-betweens, you know, like I'm looking, I'm staring at something and you're watching at my back and then poof, next frame, I'm staring at you by, you know, at by front, like immediately again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've never seen that in anime at all. Please, again, fans do correct me if you did find an example like that, but I haven't. And that's one of the things that I keep finding every time someone's trying to parody anime when they're riffing on it it's like oh look at that southern tone haha they don't do animation the way we do and it's like but that's not how they do it ah but that's the thing uh and but i'll uh, uh, we, we digress and that's the thing that the, the, they actually did do the part of the super deformed things pretty decently in kappa mikey mm. but but it's so painful for me to watch mikey Mikey himself, because, because he's, he's he's animated without any sort of real thought behind it. It's like out of all the characters, he's the one. He's he's a, he's the star, so to speak, but he's the one with the least amount of thought behind his design theory. It, mm-hmm. It's not just the design theory of him. It's the animation. It's all to, uh, automatic twin for him. You know. Yeah, you know? it's using it's like the tween to tool. Say... It's using the tween tool that's built into Macromedia because... Flash. Uh... What they were trying to say was like, oh yeah, this uh, he is the American animated character, so he has to move different from all these anime characters that move, you know, from frame to frame. So his movements have to be way more smooth. And I'm like, okay, animate him way more smooth than the, than him. And I'm like, oh yeah, but we're not actually going to animate him more smoothly. We're just going to throw the in-between tool automatically. And so it's not like, you know, American cartoon character ends up in Japan. It's American Flash cartoon character ends up in Japan. And that's what irks me the most. Because, you know, the, ah, but that's it. Again, every time uh, I think of this, you know, American style, the retro character design, uh, referencing Japanese stuff, I, I always go back to Pantheon Stocking because it's the other way around. It's, you know, UPN character designs animated by Japanese people and making it using the, the their proper tropes whenever they have to. Plus uh, Gratricio's uh, strip dancer pole dancing sequence animated, you know, 
in an entirely different character design because like oh we're not gonna turn anyone on with UPN's design so we're gonna go to you know this Gynax animated style for a second there <laughs> and they go and do that yeah so what are we on now mm, let's see okay. should we well, just get it over to... with and what were you gonna say Pablo no 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 let's move on to the next one okay I um I, I want to actually talk a little bit about a show that is more weeabooistic than Teen Titans, more painful than <coughs> Kappa Mikey, and actually does a lot of obscure anime references in a way to try to earn back some cred, but I, I think it fails. I'm talking about a show with the most ridiculous name ever, a way to like try to appease the weeaboos with Japanese shows used to have really weird names. Um, Super Robot Monkey Team ah. Hyper Force Go. Oh, you're hurting my heart a little bit with that one. <laughs> Seriously. Besides, I you you just don't say it, you know, that way. You gotta say it the right way. Super Robot Monkey Team <laughs> Hyper Force Go. You know, like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, this the, is I know okay, it's I know it's uh, hold, hold on hold on I know it's a love letter to Sentai and and, and anime as a whole I know it's a callback to the older stuff from the 50s I know all that and even knowing all that I still hate this show I hate it I believe you have like a a, a psychic allergy to Cironelli or I probably Cironelli? do <laughs> voice of Beast Boy he is the voice of Beast Boy. Sirenelli is a voice of Beast Boy? No, I have an allergy to the voice of Beast Boy. Oh, yeah, that, that could happen too. Who is the main character of this show too? Because it seems like they were like, we want to make a Weeaboo show. Oh, get the guy who voices Beast Boy. He's already in a Weeaboo show. He knows what to do. Yeah, that that's an odd uh, way to put it, but a, a, a weirdly creepy right one. <laughs> But again, I do enjoy Cyrenielli's shows. Uh, the ones he's involved with, uh, you, you hate all of them. Oh, they you, all you really, really hate every show that he's been involved in. Okay, name them. But again, I believe that uh, he's... What? Name them. I'll give you uh, four. Super Road Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Okay, we already established I hate this show. Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That's to do more with Jeff Johns. No, the Jeff Lowe. has to do with Jeff Lowe up. The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's because the animation style just looks bad. I didn't even know he was... And also, and also Teen Titans. He's been involved in some episodes as well. <laughs> so, four episodes a bad all involve Sirenelli, and you hate all of them. <laughs> I never do. I never do. But... I mean, it's the name. Basically, they live on a planet where they only have one city called Sugazoom, and 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 the kid is like, you know, Chiro's his name is like walking down the, like outside the city, finds a robot that's just standing there that anyone else could have probably seen, awakens like robot monkeys with like fish faces, and 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 they're fighting Mark Hamill who's a skeleton king king or something i i, I don't know it's I, I really did try watching this and the the, the jerky animation i get it i get it they're, they're calling back to 50s anime but the thing is this it's like if you do that for like 
one episode as like a an homage, you know, doing the jerky 50 style anime animation, the Speed Racer stuff for one episode. That's one thing. But you do a whole series doing it in the aughts. Really? You, you, you get what I mean, Neil? It, it, it's, it's like it's like someone saying, I am a big fan of Orson Welles, so I'm going to make a whole movie in black and white. Edward. <laughs> Way to go, Neil. I'm 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 in you right now. <laughs> That's different. That's a comedy. Uh, well, uh, it's clear that Cyrilli loved old school anime, and he puts it in everything he does. Even well, the new uh, Ninja Turtles series. There's a one point that Michelangelo is doing like some weird moves, and he's talking about his secret kata or something like that. And one of the moves he does is actually one of the common Rider henshin poses. And it's like, no kid will ever get this, ever. But I saw it. Way to go, Zero. <laughs> and, but, again, that's the thing that some shows... Uh, I, I feel like Zero Nelly really, really loves animation and really, really loves, you know, old, old school animation and old animation in general, like the original, uh, the 87 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series, for instance. Um, and he also is respectful of uh, many of the sources, you know, when it comes to it, like, for instance, the original comic series or mangas or stuff like that. However, uh, it's like he sort of is like the go-to guy uh, for this certain projects when they go we gotta appeal to those kids that watch anime right now so they call him in but the thing's like yeah you're not entirely in control of this but you gotta deliver a product by the end of the month and it's like you know like a compromise he has like okay I'll, I'll do all the things that I like here uh, but I'll have to let go of some things and that's how it all sort of falls apart in some places in some of his work. Like, for instance, uh, I feel like uh, Avengers Search Mightiest Heroes, again, uh, you, we all know of the production problems they had before that. Uh, again, that's one of the shows that I ended up enjoying, but I can see how there were, like, many cooks in the kitchen, uh, especially in the design department. And, but, and that's sort of the thing. I, there's a... But still, looking back at it, uh, compared to Avengers Assemble, it's like Avengers Assemble is sort of boring in the design department, but it's still a way more enjoyable show than Ultimate Spider-Man. But again, I completely regret. Sorry about that. Uh, where were we? Well, the problem I, I have is when, when you when you make uh, when, like I said, and, and this is the last thing I say about Super Robot Micro, my, whatever uh, is I. When when you when you do something as far as doing that super jerky fifties anime anime style animation for a show today and do the whole show with it, it is deliberately distracting. It it it, it would be like saying I am at a restaurant and the the head cook is cooking something that was a very famous dish from the fifteen hundreds, but he for some stupid insane reason is deciding deciding to. Uh, cook with only 15th century implementations and it's like in instruments and in and, and, and cutlery it's like why are you doing that 
why are you doing that? I I, I understand he's a fanboy, and but I, I think this is a, this is one of those cases where he was too much of a fanboy and wasn't, you know, wasn't was more interested in the way he was telling a story than telling a story. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And another example of this, and I'm going to bring up really quickly before, we, is the Animatrix. It's more interested uh, in using anime as a way to tell a story versus telling a good story. Mm, well, there uh, we all know there are hits and misses on on the Animatrix. We can't just say the Animatrix is this thing because, especially because there were so many different, they had very different directors working on different stuff in it, but. However, the decision behind that, uh, behind, oh, let's do it with Japanese anime, it's like, it came out of a fanboy decision, because, come on, it's the Wachowski brothers, if they're not uh, anime siblings fanboys. Now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the Wachowski siblings. <laughs> if, they're, if there's someone that's an anime fanboy, that's those guys. Seriously. I mean, guys? come on. Those, those feladas, those, <laughs> those siblings. It's those siblings. Uh, I love it. Darn you, gender-specific um, pronouns. <laughs> but, well, they but were here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can completely understand it for the Animatrix. Let's go with the spin-off here, which is uh, Gotham Knight. Oh, That's where the that decision Animatrix? comes entirely out of nowhere. And, and the thing is, and I want to stress this again, this was, you know, Nolan did not touch Gotham Knight. He, he was not involved with it. Goyer wasn't involved with it. Oh, th- there was a small involvement there. Uh, I'm not sure if no, no, it was no, no, the no. writer or the director, but there was a small involvement because they had uh, they actually did give some uh, guidelines that they couldn't touch. But but uh, it was, for instance, not using Montoya. I know, and but actually, I, I saw it with the with the commentary, and they were saying, "No, this is not Montoya," because um, okay, you'll have to watch the movie to know about why she's not Montoya. And another a... another example of this is in in the Bat Animatrix, uh, the uh, it, you know there there was a whole storyline about the Russian mob dealer and, and like a, a Greek mob dealer and those characters as far as I knew never showed up in the Dark Knight at least and this whole territory storyline was never in the movie itself proper it, it's like it basically it, it's like it's like a boil, you could lop it off, and it doesn't affect your viewing of, of it. it. It's not even a satisfying piece of bridge media because it doesn't tell a story in between the two, at all. It's mm-hmm. a, a good example of this is is between the two movies on the web, uh, Goyer and Nolan actually released a uh, a fake uh, you know nighttime talk show called Gotham Tonight, like five or six segments of this. Oh, and yeah. that was a far more satisfying piece of bridge media between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight because it told a story between the two it, as a fake news show. It uh, it, it worked in that way, and it's like what? And then it, it, we have I have a feeling that that the that Gotham Knights was forced onto the on the on the duo that Nolan and Goyer were basically told this is happening and didn't know what to do with it. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, 
and much, much more only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on. Chuck, we're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we, okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, inside Pulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. I command the jaw bridge. Open! Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. And now, back to the show. Since we're talking about Batman anime and, uh, you know, not pleasant results. Let's talk about the favorite topic that Neil just reminded us of. The crap man. The crap oh, man. Yeah. Crap man. <laughs> uh, again, uh, this is uh, one of those uh, moments when you totally get that they're aiming to go anime and they're not exactly getting the right stuff to do it. Part of it you is know? Matsuda's fault because of his damn flat-fingered, concave faces. Uh, I, I know you and, hate Matsuda in every level and all of that as well. Uh, but the thing is, uh, it's a very shallow approach. The, it's one of the most shallow approaches ever. It's like, we gotta make Batman look anime-style. It's like, okay, the chin has to go. Let's give him a pointy chin. Which they, of course, uh, regretted the, that decision and eventually changed it later on. But still. And then it's like, no, his cape. His cape can't be like a bad cape. His cape has to be like the Gatchaman cape. And it's like, but Gatchaman are birds. <laughs> yeah, but his cape is now like the Gatchaman. Uh, and then, you know, it's like everything has to have big eyes. It's like Big googly bad anime girl? eyes. Ba- Bad girl? She has to have big googly anime eyes. <laughs> her mask. Anime anime eyes are not googly. If people if people think of anime eyes as googly, then they're doing it wrong. Great googly moogly. Actually, I'm referencing a Power Rangers. Episode. Uh, Power Rangers RPM episode. <sighs> but but still, um, that's the thing. That was the most shallow approach uh, to to a property to make it anime. Yeah, it's like, it, it, be, it comes out of nowhere <laughs> again. It's like someone was like, "Wow, this this." This Pokemans show is is doing really good. The Pokies let's, and the Mans and let's, the... let's let's do our own Amine cartoon. And uh, and and the thing is, uh, this is actually really funny because uh, because the previous show that Matsuda did designs for uh, Jackie Chan Adventures was far more subdued, even though it dealt with much more much Ish. more in Eastern theology. Right. 
it, well, it's actually kind of funny. And it also portrayed uh, a celebrity in a, a way closer way than High Hype of Yami Yubi. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It, at least it was actually Jackie. Yeah, you it saw Jackie Chan on the, li- on the live action segments and then you went yeah. into the show and it's like, oh, it's the same guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean the voice actor was different, but he was doing Jackie Chan spot on. No, only the 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 voice actor that did, that did Jackie Chan's voice in the Jackie Chan animated series, I believe it's the one uh, dubbing uh, Monkey, which is uh, you know the the Fierce Five character from Kung Fu Panda that Jackie Chan voices in the movie that has like two lines, <laughs> uh, and on the TV series he's the one doing the voice for for the character. Uh, it's that, like that, that, it's that, official. That, it's Jackie Chan's official uh, voice actor. <laughs> well, why not? Matsumura Morimoto has one. You know, here in uh, in Latin America, we do have like uh, official voice actors for certain actors. Peter Cullen uh, has one. For instance, uh, it's like uh, Bruce Willis. There's a certain uh, voice actor that always dubs him in Spanish. <laughs> so Stuff like that. I'm picturing Latin America. Bruce Willis sounds like uh, sounds like uh, like uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobcat. Uh... Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes, <laughs> I'm picturing that that Latin America. Bruce Willis sounds like that. I don't care if he does or doesn't. In my mind, Latin America. Bruce Willis sounds like that. Oh, um, totally random. I know, I know, but all of a sudden, Die Hard got a whole lot well, better. Um. Mario Castaneda is a voice actor here that dubs Goku, uh, MacGyver, and uh, there's, there's plenty of characters that's Mag- dubbed. MacGyver? MacGyver, yeah. So Goku and MacGyver, that's hilarious. And the thing is that the Japanese people actually love his interpretation of Goku. Because, you know, uh, it's like, oh, they, they actually requested for him to go, go back to a role for this new movie. You know, Battle of the Gods. Well, uh, Goku's a woman in Japan. Yeah, and that's the thing. Apparently, someone said that's the way Goku's supposed to sound. A Japanese person apparently said that. <laughs> but, okay, again, we're, we're digressing. Uh, the, crap we? the Crap Man. The Crap man. man. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, although we do have to say that uh, it has a, a better overall execution than Teen Not Titans. really. Comes, uh, well, it's it has a more definitive tone to it. You know, it's not swinging from one way to the other. It does, but but it does. The, the the biggest problem with the show is it tries to be anime, and at the same time, it tries to do it tries to be opposite day of Bruce Tim's work. It's like it literally is like Bruce Tim did this, so let's go opposite day on this. This is Bizarro no, but, Batman. But the thing here is that. Uh, the problem with the crap man is that it's stuck in the middle zone, you know, the place that uh, where all the worst uh, Teen Titans episodes go, but he stays there. It's like it's not like Teen Titans that goes all the way serious or all the way gag cartoony from time to time and then gets into the middle ground where it all sucks in all ways. Um, the crap man, and well, you actually st- stick it to me. It's damn it. Uh, the cra- uh, Batman always stays in the middle ground. And that's why no one gets pleased at all. <laughs> Except people who can look beyond that, I guess. But there's not much beyond that. This is a show that has no substance. But let's move on to... Uh, to uh, let, So uh, let's talk about the Crapformers Barely Animated. Ah, uh, okay. 
Again, I have to stick up to these shows and defend them from time uh, to time. But. You know, the you go, you the, go first. The, I'll do the, 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 the art style is is one of the weirdest art styles I've ever seen. Art style choices I've ever seen for you know because Transformers are mechanical beings. You expect an art, you know, a character designer who is known for drawing mechanical things, you know, to be the character designer. And the one of the things that's the hallmark of watching Transformers is like. Whenever you see like a really cool, you know, transformation of you know the Autobots and the Decepticons, you you want to see something that's like, you know, not like melting, which is what one of Neil's complaints about the Acom episodes is they don't transform as much as they melt, and yeah. and what what you want to see is is like good mechanical designs and good animations of the Autobots fight, you know waging their battle to destroy the evil forces of the well, Septicons. It's not even it's not even just good mechanical designs. It was a lot of G one had a good way of faking it. Like the when once you got into like the uh the eighty six uh combiner teams, you know, the 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 cartoon designs and the toys were like miles apart and uh to actually get them to transform into uh into the, the giants, you know, they had to do a lot of faking, like like Menasaur did not transform like the toy at all in that cartoon. So you see a lot of stuff like shifting around and they're just kind of like, like, you know, fake, 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 fake. Okay. Now he's the big guy. And it's like, okay, that it's like, it's like little compartments opening and closing to kind of not do what the toy does. Cause the toy looks absolutely wretched. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and part of, part of the thing is, is these designs are very weird and squishy and, and it, they don't look like, they and, the, and the, one of the most horrible things ever is the toys look exactly like them. You know that is that is, is an amazing feat. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I was entirely surprised about that when when I saw the the show. I was like, "You're never gonna make an actual toy out of this." And then they did it, and I'm like, "What?" I I seriously. I'm seriously amazed. I, I actually do have some knockoffs of the t- of the uh, Transformers animated characters. Wait, there, there's knockoffs of them? Of course, there's knockoffs. Of <laughs> yeah, there's knockoffs of every generation. Um, oh God! Look for the look for the official Jurassic Park brand. <laughs> you know, uh, side side note that even the Jurassic Park toys were knockoffs. They were yeah. They were reused they, from Dino Riders. <laughs> and, and they're still being sold and being knockoffed of the knockoff. But but um, the point the point remains is 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 the animation itself also fell flat. It's uh, you, you have you have you have Spike and Daniel show up. You know. In their in their weird uh, designs, like except all of a sudden Spike has like a giant ass Elvis collar for some reason, and it, it's just it's just such a weird oh, feeling. That that that, that scene in, during Headmasters, I think it was. I mean, uh, that that was something that the Japanese version had. <laughs> and it's it's such a weird feeling because one of the things that that made Transformers such a hit in the eighties was was you know oh my god Toei Animation. And then the movie came out. Oh my God! Studio, you know, movie team, toy animation, and and then it's and and it's like crap. It's like now we just took a big stinking dub, and we're saying the animation doesn't matter to Transformers anymore, and the, neither does the mechanical designs, and uh, and and we're we're 
instead we're just doing this weird thing where we're trying to call you know call to this vague animeness to this whole thing that's the thing is it's this vague animeness of we have the big big eyed uh, anime designs and the animation is like that's you know is is like that weird fifties uh, uh, speed racer style animation where it's all jerky and and with a low with a low frame rate and shit and it's like why are you doing this? You could be doing something that's actually interesting, and it's it, it's part of this whole you know they're not really pleasing anybody. They're not pleasing the G one fans except for some except for a couple. They're not really pleasing the people who like hung on with like <laughs> Unicron Saga. They're not pleasing like the uh, it, 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 it's like it's more like the call out you know, to the people who are like the big time Transformers guys who read every comic book and everything. It's like you, you got Weird Al Yankovic to voice Rekgar and he says, "I'm Rekgar and I dare to be stupid." It's like ooh, ooh, ooh just like the movie, oh, ooh, ooh, and, and that's the only reason they do that shit. Do you, you know, know who? I, because Want to know who was involved in this series as director for three episodes? Sidon <laughs> <laughs> Yelly! You know what? You know, as much as uh, as much as the show did not please everyone, you know, I gotta say that the the, the fans of the Unicorn trilogy can can uh, suck a mile of dicks for, for <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But in fact, this show actually undid a lot of the damage that the Unicron trilogy did. I mean, no longer do you have the characters going transform every time they change. They they actually undid that, so they actually took some weeabooness out. So I have to give it a little, a, a couple points for that. But what uh, about what about all the other things where basically it's the whole thing is about. The whole thing is shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. It's it's like nothing but shout outs. It's 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 like I would rather have that than Starscream's blanket. But oh. but what about Starscream's what about Starscream's feminine side? And and the and the mini it was handled Pokemon. wonderfully. It it was handled wonderfully. It was no, he's your cunning side, he's your liar side, he's your idolater side. And who are you? You don't want to know. It was like <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, uh, here's the thing. First of all, the character designer uh, is actually a very capable one that is fit for other stuff. <laughs> for instance, he, he actually brought the fan back into uh, Ben 10. You know, the latest Omniverse thing. The aliens actually start looking interesting and fun again. Alien Force was painful for me to watch when it came to design. Uh but then, again, going back here, but yes, it was like the weirdest uh, direction they could ha have ever gone with a uh, Transformers series. I, I really didn't see it coming at all. And oh, again, oh, wait, wait. I got, the animation, I got, I got, animation I, had I its uh, highs and lows. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But the animation I... had its highs and lows. It had like, it was, you, you did get like a few great animated sequences, but most of it, it was like, again, uh, jerky animation. And then you get the Japanese intro that was done in the same uh, in the same vein as or Cry to the Moon X Men openings. <laughs> yes. And again, you see, wow, people actually can make this work out in a great, awesome way, but it just didn't. <laughs> but uh, I I do think it was a good show. I do have uh, uh, um, quite a big amount of respect for that series because I I actually was expecting the worst 
out of it. Seriously, just by saying the promotional art. But, but that's one of the things. I don't know who it is. I believe it's the same guy who did a promotional art for Teen Titans. But they're getting some artists that's actually drawing the the not conventional character designs, even less conventional, and with even less of a design theory behind them. Like you, you've seen the first Teen Titans promo images. Yeah. They, yeah. Were, they look were, for instance, different. Piece, Exactly, and horrid. They had the same for uh, Transformers animated. Ex- you know, way too horrid designs. You know, they were even more deformed than they actually ever got deformed in the TV series. And, but and that's let, saying quite a bit. But let, let me just bring up a couple things. It's like they brought back Judd, Judd Nelson to, to voice Rodimus, and, and the fanboys were squeeing. <laughs> and and I, all I had to say was, what, does, what did he really do that was notable after suddenly Susan? And and another thing is I have to say is this is the show that brought back the Rock Lords. Drop the mic. The Rock Lords. The Rock Lords showed up in this cartoon. Drop Where? The mic. Where? Do point out that for me, please. Because it's I, the episode I... Transwarped. Transwarp. They they brought back the Rock Lords. This. This doesn't have anything to do with Unicron, does it? No, that that's the new show. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Where, where Unicron's a, a rock lord in Earth. And, uh, uh, but, uh, well, like I said, you know, oh, we brought back Judd Nelson to voice Rodimus. Yay! It's like, yeah, that's not really impressive. He wasn't working. You know what it, else they did? They got they got some actor who did a really spot-on, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Stack? Guy, yeah, Robert Stack. Like every time he talked, I, I just kept hearing, "If you or anyone you know." Yeah, so Pablo's coming back in a second, and he's back. Damn it! Um, Open your damage. I, I was saying, you know, <laughs> announcing you get Judge Judd Nelson back is really not a feat right now. It, it be, I mean, if you got him back during the Brat Pack days for like the old cartoon, that's news because he was still being hired for movies, like big paydays. But but uh, for this show, it's like. What 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 has he been doing? It's like, what 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 has he been doing that's like really notable? The last <laughs> the last thing I actually saw him in was uh, Airheads. Ouch. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it, it's it's not really big news to say we got Judd Nelson back. It's like it, it'd be it'd be like saying we got Stan Bush to well, show up. You on know what? Our I don't I don't think people are really hyping it up for marquee value. I think they're just excited to have him back. Like yeah, here's this guy we like, you know. I mean, okay. I mean, Stan. Bo- yeah, Stan Bush isn't like a big music star or anything, but if he comes back, <laughs> or, I thought he should have been in like the in the Michael Bay movies, but Michael Bay just kept going like, "No, I don't want that guy in my movie." Well, yeah, but and, and then he made the rap version of the, the Touch to to try to appeal to coming into the next movie. Well, that just seals his fate. Now he's never gonna be ever ever gonna be in any <laughs> of those movies. Like, what did you do to your own song, dude? Are we? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was one of the weirdest music videos I've ever seen in my life, and I saw some shit by day. <laughs> I can't think of a good comparison. That's how bad that the 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 Sam's theme is what's called. Stan Bush. Oh, that, oh, don't remind me of that. That's so painful. It, it, it's Stan Bush trying to be Lincoln Park. I know. Yeah, Why did you have to mention this, it? How many times has Stan Bush remixed that song now? 
I half expect him to do like a dubstep version. <laughs> and now he will. God damn it. <laughs> I half I half expect him to do an opera version of it. Mm. <laughs> but you're right, he does remix that song and, and you know what the touch showing up in transformers doesn't get me excited anymore the last time i got excited by the touch was actually in saints row 4 yeah because that's that's the sort of thing it actually belongs in because it's like unexpected oh my god why are you doing it oh my god i don't care this is awesome kind well, that of whole thing was just one big nostalgia trip so that it was it was in its element there well, yeah, it's, uh, it's a game where it's a game where you have you, where you have Keith David and Roddy Piper team up once again to fight aliens. And uh, but uh, let's see here, what's next on the list, Neil? Um, should we Are just we get... get this out of the way? Go for a totally spies Martin mystery. Uh, you're talking about the Fran anime? Yeah. Mm. And remember, they are not to be sexualized. <laughs> no, they're totally sexualized by virtue of being hyper cute. Teenage girls in super tight costumes. And cheerleaders. Let's and not forget yes. cheerleaders. I yeah. mean, that's so dramatic. I mean, seriously, where? Do, how come people don't see that? It's like, come on. We all know what's behind that. And, and the thing I'm sorry is, if I'm offending any cheerleaders out there, but seriously, you guys do know that there's a sex element in the whole cheerleader basement. I'm not saying you're having sex or anything. I'm just saying that it's part of it the same way that you know wonder woman is a woman and men lust after her that's sort of the thing there and i'm not making a, a straight point there but <laughs> come on there's i think what i mean is that the cheerleader outfit is one of the most sold uh, uh you know erotic costumes ever right nurse naughty nurse naughty nurse or cheerleader I think Naughty Think Nurse South sells cheerleader. Really? We got to oh. make a, a, an actual research of that. N Neil, what, you're going to be a tiebreaker. Uh, I don't know. I have what nothing, do you think? I have nothing to base this opinion on. Oh, wait. Uh, Naughty Nurse might probably be even better sold than cheerleader because cheerleaders aren't like a world thingy. But nurses so, are. Nurses are. Definitely are. Uh, so for thank you. Naughty Nurse wins. But... Uh, but yeah, the, the, this is this is a weird case because it, it, with Totally Spies, I really can't think of a defining multi-episode trait that separated these three characters. Because it's like if one character has to be smarter than the other two in one episode, she's only smarter than the other two in one episode in one thing. There was not really a smart one or an athletic one. You know what I mean? I thought there was. I thought Sam was always supposed to be the smart one. Really? And then the the... the yellow girl whose name i forget at the moment well is, is kind of kind of the athletic one and i always saw it the way my sister pointed it out at me they're grown-up powerpuff girls pretty much yep and then the god i forget all of their names who's the girl in red clover i think clover. yeah she's yeah she's the she's like the the, the vain one like bubbles yeah oh no not like bubbles <laughs> uh, bubbles, Real? yeah that I, I don't know but <laughs> I, I don't think of bubbles as vain i just think her as like think of her as being like really ditzy hmm. and another another thing that really struck struck me was uh, and i actually watched a couple episodes i don't know why is uh 
the uh, is like after like one of the early seasons, they changed all the voices. I have no idea about and, that. And the, in, in the American version, saying. it's very obvious because because like like the like their version of uh, what's it, of of uh, their their version of uh, of Charlie. Yeah, you know, it had a real British voice actor, or at least sounded real enough. And then after like one of the first seasons, all of a sudden it's some guy doing a really bad British accent. Yeah, it's kind of like when when Dragon Ball Z suddenly switched from the ocean dub to the film to the uh, Funimation dub. It's between it's and, over nine thousand to it's over nine thousand. Ah. Yeah, and it well when when the uh, when Funimation took over for the American dub, like they they were showing them on Cartoon Network, they showed like the last of the original ocean episodes and then they jumped into film i keep wanting to say filmation the funimate the first funimation episode and i was like every single one of these voices is different what the hell it's like right after jim henson died oh too soon it's been 20 years (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's that weird feeling because it's it, it, it it's like they're thinking that people don't can't tell, you know, and you can, and you know this, this show really doesn't have that much of a, uh, you know, going power in it, you know, because the the, the show's bread and butter is basically, for some reason, there's a fetish transformation, and one of the girls gets afflicted by it, and all of DeviantArt goes wild. Yeah, DeviantArt uh, and Totally Spies. Uh... John Hoseko in in particular. It, you, you go know, to thong revolutionnet I think it is. And there's there's also lots of people that like to draw the girls tied up because that happens every episode as well. Yeah, and then, and the does. creator goes nuts because he's like, they're not supposed to be sexualized, they're not supposed to be fetish characters. What are you doing? They're my girls. Stop it. And they didn't get it as bad as Sailor Moon. Oh man. Well, Sailor Moon had twenty years on them. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, there's there's a new Sailor Moon series coming. Yes, there is. Uh, the funny thing is... it turns is... out that Usagi actually had another kid? Weird. Are you talking about Are you talking about Chibi Chibi? That's not really her kid. No, 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 no. In in this new series, the new Sailor Moon, is it's not a Chibi Moon. You no, know, no, not, not, not Chibi Moon. Chibi Chibi. Yeah, but I, I know who Chibi Chibi is. But here there's a new blonde girl that's another daughter of of Serena. Okay. Which I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything. I don't know from. anything about this. I'm gonna have to ask Abby. But uh, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's to- totally spies. Never really got me. And and it, it, it the animation is very close. Well, the animation style is very close to anime. But yeah. there are some missed cues. I mean, there's there's it's nowhere near as bad as the other things on this list, but there is some sort of, you know, jump cuttiness in the animation. Like I said, nowhere yeah. near as bad as the other things on this list, but it's definitely noticeable. You, no, you... it's not It's not that bad. I think uh, Totally Spice actually, well, the, the when it comes to Franime in general, the, the French are great at animation when it comes to many things. So this is like a standard production for them. And it's like a, a, a standard show. It's not something that, 
has something bad that sort of pops up at you and you have to go, oh, this is hurting my feelings because it's trying to do this or that. No, it, it does have a very solid direction. They know where they're going, the tone they're aiming at, and it works. Uh, it's not like something I'm a fan of or that have strong feelings uh, like most of Cyrinelli's work, I can. Uh, but, but I do recognize it. It is a very good production by and on itself. It's not yeah. uh, shout out, shout out, shout out or stuff like that. You know? And uh... well, one, one quick note about the voice acting is that uh, I don't think that they were trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. It was probably something like... Uh, I don't know. Maybe the studio they were they had to switch studios for some reason. The same thing with Dragon Ball Z. It's just like I don't know. It, so I don't I don't think it was like they were trying to switch voice actors and hope that nobody noticed. I think they, they were just most likely they were kind of in a tough. Spot. Oh oh, it was actually Jess Harnell who did the who did their boss's voice in season one, and season two. Ah, who? Yeah, who, Jess Harnell is pretty good. And they replaced him with. Oh God, uh, Adrian uh, Truss. Adrian Truss. Never heard of him either. No. Must be like a union thing. Yeah, it's, but it's like, okay, you have Jeff, you you have freaking Jess Harnell and you replace him. Always with those British accents. I lo I love his British accents. Maybe they cut it, the budget or something. And uh, and I brought up another. Uh, Show. I think this is another case of a franime. Uh, Code Lyoko. I'm not talking about the energy drink. I'm talking about. Uh... Oh, I, I did see Code Lyoko, and that's. Uh, they're clearly. Their their foreheads are fucking huge. Yeah, I mean, it, it has a weird uh, design style behind them, uh, but uh, they're clearly again being frank anime things. Again, the show on itself works by. It's not trying to. Add many shutters. However, there is a Totoro doll in one of the episodes in one of the girls' rooms, if I recall correctly. I mean, uh, and there's this whole 3D CGI thingy going on in most of the episodes. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's uh, it's clearly anime influenced. It, it has a very clear Eastern influence in many of the design cues. Uh, but it's not uh, again. It's the same as with uh, Totally Spice. Actually, a, a bit tuned down. It doesn't have as many weird faces or stuff like that. You know, it's, it doesn't have as many visual gags as Totally Spice has. It's, it's actually it's, Leoko actually feels very static. It, it's a good way of putting this is: imagine a Japanese-inspired franime that takes the basic premise of the 1990s Johnny Quest series and then makes it boringer than it was. Oh, God. <laughs> you just that... really hate that show more. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, because that's what it was. <laughs> like, let's go into Quest World. Oh, I miss Jessie Bannon. I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid. Okay. Well, I, Redheads. Redheads, yes. There's it... Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, but yeah, that, that's what Code Lyoko was. Uh, and, and the thing, the animation, the traditional animation was very staticky. The actual, uh, the actual 3D animation was not that much better than Be Beast Wars. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> no, 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 no. Here uh, we had we had 
just because of the technology. We actually had like a bone 3D animation, which means that some stuff could bend without, you know, clipping and, and similar. So we all, do, it's let, let's not just go all <laughs> hatred on it. Um, it it's a decent for a TV production of, of that year in particular. I mean, compared to the CGI stuff we're watching today, it's not a, it, it's not that far behind. Well, let's talk about another series that uh, is another franime, uh, Obon Star Racers, which it, it, it okay. On the surface, I, it doesn't look that bad, but I've never seen this. I, I actually watched it. It's, uh, imagine, if you will, someone took the premise of, someone watched the Phantom premise and was like, you know what? This whole pod racing thing has legs. And the whole the whole show is nothing but pod racing because there there's like an intergalactic war and like every hundred years, you know, everyone decides to it, it's like G Gundam except for awesome robot battles they do pod racing to decide who rules the universe. I do like the animation for this. I wish they had noses. I I, I can do without noses here. Well, at least there at least there isn't a there doesn't appear to be a. Uh a racist stereotype walking frog character who steps in the poopy. <laughs> uh, but there are bubble breasts, the, the, the weird backward C bubble breasts. Oh, I, 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 no. I actually want to see this. I mean, the, just the opening sequence is interesting. I like what they're doing. The, the French Japanese opening is what you're watching. The American opening is. Oban Star Racers. Oban Star Racers. No, it's worse. It's worse. It's worse than that. It's worse than that. <laughs> really? How much worse could it be? And and the fact that the production company is called Save the World. It's yeah. Oh. Yes, I'm, picking on, I'm picking on that. It's uh, it's. it's like, it, what's, but, what's the most pretentious studio name we could come up with? I know. <laughs> And it's, it's 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 created, written, and produced by a guy named Eiffel. I see. Oh, I have one that I I really don't understand where it, where it came from or how it works or anything. I'm well, not and, sure. and, and the whole plot of Obon Star Racers is the girl Molly's her name is 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 pod racing, and it turns out that the the the, the guy that's sponsoring the team is her father, but doesn't know it's that doesn't know that she's his daughter because they haven't seen each other because she's been boarding school all her life and their mother died and and they're racing because if whoever wins the race gets granted one wish and and like every the whole reason humanity entered this race is to stop an alien you know an alien empire from like conquering the world and and all, and instead of wishing like let's stop this alien empire from like, like enslaving all of mankind, I want to wish for my mother back. And so it's like so you got so you got pod racing, you got Dragon Ball, you got you got you got you got neglect neglectful parents right out of Dickens. You got you got all all this shit all together. And I tried watching it, and and it it, it it's kind of okay, well constructed, I guess, but I don't like it. This is totally pod racing. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching this. I'm like, yeah, those are those are Star Wars pods. <laughs> yes, I told you. 
Did I not tell you? Yeah, you said. Yes. Never say never. What? <laughs> yes. And, and this, you know, what? This, this, you know this, I think this guy, the ones that did this intro sequence must be the ones that sang, you know, Dragonflies, Maximize. The, 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 thing, the thing to me that's funny about this is is this show was actually brought out as Disney and JetX's uh, big guns right around the time that one of the better cases of anime inspiration and animation, you know, came out. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, this was this is the big gun that they like hastily brought over to like to like aim like this was their this was Disney's cap gun aimed yeah. at Nickelodeon's uh, uh, you know uh, Nimitz class uh, super carrier, <laughs> and it didn't work. Yeah. Speaking the- of Avatar, that's like the one show. I, I'm not even sure it was necessarily trying to be anime-like, but it's the one show that reminds me most of anime that's actually produced in America. Well, that, the way you put it is it's like anime, like at a point in the late 80s, went on a divergent course, and then you got to see where the divergent course went. Yeah, it's like it's like they went back in time to just before Akira was made, and they said, okay, let's follow this other path and see where it goes, and it leads to, it leads to Avatar. Wow. And... It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It takes the right lessons from anime. It takes lessons from. It draws information, inspiration from ev- everything Asia, not just not just Japan. It the the faces, you know, the faces, the facial character animation. Lots of it has to do with the directors and writers here working with the Korean animators directly. Like a Korean animator says, "I have an idea," they let him do it. Yeah, it, it is it, uh, the foam guy. Yeah, 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 foaming man. Yes. Yeah, I think what it is is that they're not trying to copy anything specific from anime. What they're doing is they're allowing the subtlety of the humor to get back into the animation. You're you're allowed to do, uh, you know, funny little expressions that are only on the screen for maybe a second, or, or you know, just have like little asides where the character makes you know, kind of a kind of a subtle facial expression and not not. Not something overt like you would see in virtually every other cartoon. It's the animators are as much the star as the animation. That's right, yeah. And that's the lesson that I wish more cartoons would take from anime is that you know stop trying to do the giant sweat drops. That's that's not what anime is. <laughs> well, one of the things that anime does that I I have the most well anime and manga uh, is when it comes to tackling topics. It's like nothing's too weird, bizarre, or ridiculous not to actually make a, a good exploration of that subject. Uh, most of the Japanese anime that I consumed back in the day, it, it was always something that no one had ever done before. Just because someone went, yeah, let's do that. Like, giant robots, let's go with giant robots. No one's ever piloted a robot? Okay, let's put a human in there. And then it's like, you know what? Let's make something, for, just to name something very stupid and not um, sort of recent. Hey, let's make like a notebook where you write someone's name and then people die. That, um, usually, that originally was a much more lighthearted story with an eraser. I know, I know. But, but still, it's like, let's, uh, let's do it. And people will actually you know, develop uh, that story and take it to its final consequences. That's something that anime does all the time. And that's one of the things that Avatar The Last Airbender did. It, it went by its own way in order to explore its story to the fullest. 
it did grab a, a lot of things uh, along the way, but still, it's a uh, it took the right uh, mind approach when it came to how they embarked on the journey that was producing that animated series. Well, okay, now that we're brought back up, it's uh, let's talk about just instances where an animator uses some anime influence. A good example of this is Bruce Tim in the Batman the Animated episode uh, uh, Robin's Reckoning. Lots of you know, Robin Dick Grayson on that motorcycle is very <laughs> inspired by Akira. Uh, but in, in a good way, Neil. You're, you're referring to the... Uh, I've never seen this episode, but I'm guessing that uh, it's the taillights. No. Okay, good. Because that's like, that's like the one thing from that movie that everyone's like, that's so awesome what they do with the taillights. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, okay, they did cool thing with the taillights. So the rest of the movie, shit. No, it, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, uh, like, uh, like electricity dancing off of one of the wheels, kind of oh, thing. Okay, yeah. Something that you you don't see often, and then it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Japanese studios like, and uh, they actually I, do great uh, effects animation. The Whoa, clip I'm talking uh, about. We 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 gotta talk of uh, Motor City, please. Let's talk a little bit of Motor City after that. Okay. Because it's all you know, big. You know, vehicles and all of these, you know, lasers, explosions, smoke, effects, and high speed and stuff, and also being, you know, its own thing. Uh, but again, that was one of the, one of, again, American animators using something very specific that they liked of Japanese animation and doing it right. Like saying, oh, what's this? It's a technique, it's a way, an approach of something. Let's use that to tell our own story. And not just to make people say, "Oh, like in anime." <laughs> and, oh uh, my God! In this Batman clip, they actually copied the the shot of uh, the bike sliding. Like, and it like looks, I said, and it looks better than the scene that they did in Teen Titans, where they tried to copy it. I told you. Well, the, well, the, the difference is this was done by this was done by TMS. Yeah. And while the while the other thing in Teen Titans was probably done by Don Yang. Yeah, that oh, was from the speaking uh, of TMS, the, the Teen Titans movie. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of TMS. Cyber 6. Cyber 6 is not really anime inspired, I don't think. No, I know. It's it's a direct adaptation of uh, Carlos Meglia's style from the comic book. Who you met, right? by TMS. No, I didn't get to meet uh, Meglia. I met, uh, I met uh, Trisho, who was the writer. Meglia oh. was the artist. Okay. And he had... Still, that's very before. cool. What 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 did he th- what did he think of the of the of the of the animation? Oh, he was uh, he understood the the changes when it came uh, because first of all, Meglia actually went uh, to visit the the studios in order to give them the pointers because Meglia had an animation background. He worked in animation really? before getting into comics. Yeah, that's why his uh, cartoon his style his comic book style is very cartoony. He actually had an animation background. And so he actually went during the production of Cyber 6 in order to tell them, hey, this is how it goes. Uh, and then uh, Trisha was very happy with the result because it was, you know, a very careful production. However, he did uh, understand that changes had to be made uh, in order to air it for like, you know, and sell toys, among other things as well. <laughs> uh, the, the, he mentioned one of the character designs that had been changed because it was way too similar to to another character. So they changed it in order to sell a different toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and also, you know, because of the mature teams that the cartoon series had, uh, the, the comic book series had compared to the cartoon, that's one of the things that went along. But then again, uh, Trillo was incredibly highly adaptive when it came to that because uh, one of the tales that uh, I heard about him was that he had like this uh, story of some kids living, uh, at, uh, you know, orphans living at a, an orphan orphanage <laughs> and he tried to sell it to Europe but uh, the editor said that they weren't looking for, you know, just kids stories, that they were actually looking for uh, more bizarre things, you know, stuff that was weirder. And and he says, oh, but my story is weird. And he reformulated the synopsis that he sent to them. And he said that, uh, like, the this old lady that was in charge of the orphanage, uh, he said in the synopsis that he was uh, that it was actually a transsexual you know uh or 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 just a travesty i don't recall exactly <laughs> but but he said oh yeah yeah that 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 old woman there that's actually a man uh, and they're Baby. like oh. and they're like oh that's weird okay and they bought the series and it the sex of that character is never referenced in the in the comic story at all <laughs> but he sold the story on that basis uh, well, let, so, let's, let's let's get back down to to yeah. to uh, oh my god, Shuriken School. What's Shuriken School? Oh. Something else I have not seen. It, I don't even know what to say. Just looking at the art, I'm like, okay, it doesn't look like bad art, but it's like something I wouldn't want to watch. Okay. I, I think I had like a, a pencil case that had art style similar to this. <laughs> <laughs> this you know this this art style reminds me of what were those series of toys like where you had like those guys with no arms and the heads and you uh, like with vehicles and you stuck them in like round pegs in the holes and stuff like that. Uh, oh, the little people. Yes, yeah, it reminds me of that. Oh wow. Doesn't it? Yeah, a bit. God, I remember those toys. I had I had those toys when they were still made of wood. <laughs> wow, mine yeah. were plastic. Wow. Yeah, but the the point remains is is like like we said when when you try to slavishly copy everything anime or or have a cursory uh, knowledge of it and try to like copy based off of that. Or you try to hit a quota of super deformed modes in an episode, you hit bad pseudo anime weeaboo shit. Yeah, what people need to do is they just need to stop thinking about it as copying anime and just take cues from it and just rely on your own your own sense of humor and sense of story. Rely on the strength of the animators. Yeah, re- rely on the strength of yourself. You know, you, you know, you can't like completely clone something else. It's okay if you don't believe in yourself. Believe in us who believe in you. <laughs> I do believe in magic. I <laughs> know. Oh, damn it. <laughs> that was just mean. But, <laughs> but then again, here, uh, the thing is that uh, animation in the world, you know, animation as a, in general, it, it fits itself. You know, there's a, this big communication between 
east and west all the time. Yeah. If if you grab one of the Young Justice character designs, you know, just one of the boys, like I don't know, Superboy, and you compare it to the proportions, uh, amount of lines and design that Kamina from Gurren Lagan has, they're basically the same by now. They I are. Mean, they yeah, are. There's, there's a lot of cross pollinization, so it's. I don't even know what it means to say anime style anymore. It's like, well, that doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, unless you're talking about like 80s and 90s anime, I really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's quite a bit of that because by by now it's like with globalization, the internet, and all of that, it's like everything goes. Every American artists are influenced by Japanese artists, and Japanese artists are influenced by American artists. And animation is just the same with that. Uh, Pretty soon, it's all going to be drawn in South America. <laughs> Pretty much. But to, to wrap this up, what I'm saying is, is like I said, it's like the difference between being a fan and being a stalker. And in you can copy, you can copy big anime eyes and and uh, and have a Japanese opening and have and have lots of speed lines and shit. And have super deformed mode, but you will never be an anime, Teen Titans. Or you could, or you could copy subtle animation, or, or or you can borrow from subtle animation ticks. Listen to your animators. Work really well with the voice actors and the uh, and the writers. Create your own characters and make a world that's very beautiful and and uh, submersive, like Avatar: The Last Airbender. And that's really the difference we're talking about. It's it, the difference is is from inspiration to to copying, and it's it's so subtle that people will still look at at Avatar and call it the American anime copy, and, but it really isn't. It, it's it's a it's an animated series, you know, just like when Bruce Timm made Batman, he said, "I'm going to make an animated series, not a cartoon," yeah. and that's the difference. It's the people who made Av Avatar, Bright. You know Brian and Mike Brike, they set out to do something that was using a storytelling style that's that's inspired drawing from various sources, using an animation style that where they listen to their animators, and that's why it's such a great series. And, yeah, and it's, uh, it's just an ironic thing that like this this one show that has virtually nothing to do with with Japanese animation whatsoever is the one that carries the spirit most accurately somehow. Yeah. I mean in the same in the same vein, you know, you could find you could find more of a flavor for what anime is or anime in Japanese art in general. You could find more of that in like an Archie cartoon than you could ever find in Teen Titans. <laughs> That's it's, true. It's true. It's it's just weird how well uh, the Archie style meshes with uh, that old school Japanese flavor. Just ask, just ask Giselle Lagasse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go read her comics. Yeah, I, I came to that epiphany a long time ago. I'm like, yeah, somebody should totally do this. And then I found Giselle's website. I'm like, damn it. Well, the big thing <laughs> is is when, when we first met Giselle on this show, I said her style was like Adam Warren meets uh, meets Archie Comics. And yeah. and then I found out she drew Archie Comics. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, that explains that. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> And Giselle, I love your work, uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think this wraps up our look in uh, the weeaboo shit and the good shit. Uh, this is your host Ben with TV's Mr. Neil and Pablo Prino. and I we're saying that. good night. Night. I really need a tagline. Domo arigato. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo 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 domo.
Everybody says you're the guy, but I want to be the guy too! No way! You're just a kid! Maybe when you're older! <laughs> Pan Pan is fat! <laughs> he fell on you! <laughs> He's a good bear! <laughs> an episode here oh yeah <laughs> was i being too harsh i don't know like I, on the what's it called on the super robot monkey team hyper force oh yep. i don't know mm. you that saw show, the opening right yeah this show just looks like crap i wouldn't watch that yep but did you so did you see what i meant about the akira moment in batman yeah, i saw that yeah the thing that makes it work is it's a lot more subtle than like the other moments. Yeah, you know I mean, um, I don't know that that shot of him sliding on the bike sideways. That was like directly, almost frame for frame out of Akira. I'm like, oh god, someone just watched that movie when they did. It. I know, but the, 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 I I think I think him dry, dragging the guy down the pier is a lot more of a cooler shot. You know what I mean? I suppose. And Akira doesn't have a shot like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, we and we we certainly we certainly said some names on this show. <laughs> Nick Simmons. <laughs> Careful, he's going to go after you, dressed like the dressed like the demon. Oh, okay. He's going to sing Love Gun to you. He's going to attack you with that tongue. You know what? I never really liked Kiss. No, they're kind of a lame party band. <laughs> it's like, there are a lot of bands like that where I'm just like the thing I, is they only had like two real rock songs all the rest are all the rest are like wimpy love ballads not not really they had a lot of, they had a lot of no they had a lot of rock songs it's just like they were all they were all about the same thing really I remember lots of wimpy love ballads by Kiss you I knew people who were really into Kiss and I heard a lot of <laughs> you must have heard some of these wimpy love ballads I'm talking about though. Well, there was Beth, but Beth was just Beth was lame. <laughs> I, I don't get the appeal. I don't. No. You know what the funny thing is? Was there they, when they when they first started, they they had a huge following on their tours, but their albums sucked. Yeah, they're because their albums are just are them just singing it. The only album of theirs that actually sold really well was the one they recorded while they were on tour, like. You know, the live album. Yeah. Because then you have all the screaming, the shouting. The, you hear you hear them doing, like, the fire breathing and all that stuff. It's like it, it's like a, it's like a carnival. That's why people listen to Kiss, because it's like a fucking carnival. Yeah, that was the album that actually saved that record company. 
because they were going out of business and then they had a hit. And they were like, here, here's the here's the controversial thing that I'm going to say that going to piss off a lot of Kiss fans. Ace Freely is way overrated. <laughs> I thought I thought they got way better when they replaced them. Like like, jeez, uh, what's that album? Creatures of the Night is the best Kiss album ever, and it was the album that uh, Ace Freely kind of bolted on in the middle. And they replaced him with uh, Vinnie Vincent, who was way better. Yeah, some of the '80s Kiss albums are pretty good. The '70s ones, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, there's that one disco one that's awful. There's, um, I think it's the Dynasty album I'm thinking of. That the one that sounds like an like. Oh, Vinnie Vincent was the was the Ankh guy. Yeah, well, for a very very brief point, uh, period of time, and then, like right after they got him, they took the the makeup off. You know what the funniest thing is, is. Uh, is whenever Family Guy does a kiss joke, it's always the classic kiss. Yeah. You know, Peter Chris, Ace Freely, and the other guy. Oh, uh, Paul Stanley. Yeah, but uh, I think nowadays, um, if Kiss shows up, uh, the 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 Spaceman and the Catman are probably silent because uh, Peter Chris and Ace Freely once again basically got fired from the band because they're completely useless yeah the cat is it's, it's like you, you have you have a guy with demon makeup you have a guy with stars you have a and, and you have a cat yeah it's, it's it's like you're the wimpiest one i mean that was the guy who was so drugged up and kiss meets the phantom of the park that they had to they had to overdub him with uh casey gason well well, well, well jeepers man <laughs> okay that was terrible it's like it's like he would say something and he'd sound like shaggy <laughs> well, I don't know about this, Gene. <laughs> so funny. Then Paul Stanley's like, uh, "Would you do it for a Scooby snack?" Because he had a he has an atrocious lisp. Like, how does how does that guy get to be a rock star? And he has a lisp. Rock star with a lisp. Yeah, Paul Stanley has a major lisp. I don't know. How does someone become an internet reviewer with a lisp? I don't know. By standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> Which teaches us how the kids don't trust someone with a lisp. If someone doesn't know how to put their teeth together while they talk, you can't trust them. Well, I should get going. All right. Good night, Neil. Good night. <laughs>